ready. Hey, welcome to the podcast channel at podcastmybusiness.com.au. And today we've got Brad Adams from the HR department joining us um, in a office face-to-face environment, which is in New South Wales what we're able to do more of, but in Victoria they're not. So sorry about that for everybody in Victoria. But we are talking about the updates, the JobKeeper in particular, and the exposure for businesses on COVID-19. We're doing this one as a special update. So it's not a normal podcast that we put out. And um, you all know that I don't like talking about the event, the COVID event, because I like evergreen content. But hey, we're going to be talking about this for 20 years and something just fell down and we'll see where we end up with that. Cool. Hi, Brad. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me in face-to-face. Love the face-to-face side of things. Yes, yeah. All right, so um, if there's a bit more echo, I apologise. So, no, we'll just move on. So, yeah, I just wanted to get up to date on JobKeeper because JobKeeper has changed um, just recently. And what are some of those changes? Yeah, so um, JobKeeper changed 21st of July. It was announced by Treasury. And the changes are um, that there's a gradual scaling down of the JobKeeper payment, um, but it's also recognising that um, some of the part-timers being paid under JobKeeper were in fact earning more money than they did beforehand, so there was a rebalancing um, of um, the the payments from a JobKeeper perspective to employees. So that's interesting, isn't it? So how you were part-time and you get $1,500 a fortnight on JobKeeper, and you got a pay rise. Yes. Are we like America? Because that's a big thing in America. They don't employ people full time and they flip burgers or whatever on minimum wage, which is lower than Australia. Are we heading in that direction? No, I don't believe so. Uh, I think we have very strong protection of our workers here in Australia and they're paid a living wage. Um, what happened was this legislation was rushed through. Um, and when you rush the legislation through, um, you, you can make mistakes or you may go back and, and, and change that around. But, but certainly there were people who um, were working you know, a few hours a week who all of a sudden were being paid the full job keeper and earning substantially more. Wow, okay. So the rates of the job keeper have changed they will change. They haven't changed right now, um, but from the um, late September, the, the changes will start to come in, and you'll see a rebalance for the part-timers. Um, their payment is dropping, and we're seeing a drop to payments to full-time employees from 1500 down to 1250 Okay. So, and I believe that's based on their actual hours work. They've got to submit timesheets essentially to the government to justify that? Well, it, it's based around 20 hours. Right. Okay, so if you work more than 20 hours, you'll be paid as a full-time employee. Right. If you work less than 20 hours, you'll fall into the part-time category okay. and you'll receive less. It makes sense. Okay, it does. All right, okay. So that's good. Now, the government's moving towards trying to wean people off all the subsidies and we'll exclude Melbourne from this because... Um, I think they're going to be subsidised for longer than anybody else, and that's unfortunate. Um, so in moving people off all these subsidies, if I'm working for an employer and I've been getting a job keeper through the employer, and I now want to go back to being employed 
by the employer, what happens if they go to me, well, look, you know, now the payment has gone, so are you. Okay, so a, a lot of people have been working under the JobKeeper. So JobKeeper didn't determine that um, you, you weren't actually working. JobKeeper was there to, as an economic stimulus um, that people were meant to spend, and, and they have been. I'm sure Harvey Norman's appreciated uh, the, you know, the extra business. Um, so they, um, so many of those people working. When employees uh, come back to work at the invitation of the employer because things have started to pick up, if there isn't enough work for them, then we go through the standard procedures for a redundancy. If there's no work for them, the role is declared redundant and it's business as usual from that perspective. The uh, redundancy laws remain in place. Right, so it's a subsidy from the government so all entitlements that have been built up over that six month period, such as holiday pay and whatever. Yes. If they're being paid as a forty hour a week employee, mm-hmm. with the government chucking in some money towards that, they still build up this same holiday leave and everything else as a forty hour a week employee. Yeah, they do. They still continue to accrue their, their leave on the basis of the hours that they work. So if they had been stood down, um, for and were now working through a job share or something like that for 20 hours a week, they would accrue annual leave on the basis of those 20 hours they had actually worked. Okay, great. Now, something else that has come up as well is employers' liability um, around COVID-19 in the workplace and so on. Now, of course, under the changes to workers' comp, none of us are covered on the way to and from work unless we visit a client on the way and things like that. Um, So what's an employer's liability in the office and outside of the office? Okay, so an employer still has a duty of care uh, to provide a safe workplace. There are a number of different uh, government departments which can provide advice on what to do and individuals who can provide advice to the employer on how to make their workplace COVID safe. Um, So the duty of care obligation remains. If you follow the guidelines, um, then you uh, mitigate your risk in the circumstance of someone um, contracting COVID-19 in the workplace. Cool, okay. So any other advice you wanna give around these sort of issues? Other advice around these issues? I think it's really important as the um, JobKeeper payment starts to to slow down um, or or, uh, diminish, that people are looking at their revenue curve and looking at their headcount planning and making sure they align. Um, And I think that's a critical element of this, is don't leave yourself short-staffed if your revenue curve is accelerating, Um, but if your revenue curve is still falling, make sure that you're still maintaining a profitable business and you've got longevity in your business from a profitability point of view. And that's when you'd need a HR professional like yourself um, to help you to manage that because once you've got a few employees, it's very difficult to keep up with what's happening. Yeah, look, the the changes are coming through thick and fast. Um, Because the legislation was rushed through, there's a reason why Fair Work is, uh, the Fair Work Act is a thousand pages long. COVID-19 JobKeeper um, was only 10 pages. 
And so there are always nuances and you know, we, we uh, pride ourselves on keeping abreast of those and helping small business owners um, not to make a mistake, whether you know, accidental or, or otherwise. So any tips or tricks on this issue that you'd um, recommend for employers? Yeah, so it's important for an employer to have a really clear picture of not just next month or the month after, but you know where their business is going to be and make sure they resource to that requirement um, you know, 6, 12, even 24 months out. Cool, good. All right. Thank you for that, Brad. So Brad Adams from hrdebt.com.au. Thank you, Tony. Okay, now there's something I want to...